this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. And that is the story of human progress. One inch at a time. I'm your host, Joe DiStefano, and you're listening to Stack. Hey guys, what's happening? Welcome to the Friday show. I'm glad you're here. Welcome. I'm excited to have you. Uh, today is my birthday, and uh, that's always fun. Um, I am 36 years old, and um, yeah, it's kind of an interesting birthday. I'm uh, I'm excited that um, I have a 36 kilo bell, so. I'll be getting busy with that today. Um, I'm, of course, recording this show uh, before my birthday, but I'm putting myself, I'm projecting myself into my birthday. And what I'm going to do is basically beat myself up with a 36-kilo bell for maybe 36 minutes. Wouldn't that be fun? And just see what I can get done. That's the workout. I just made it up right now. Uh, I knew I was going to do something, but that's what's going to be. 36 minutes, 36-kilo uh, bell. And I'm probably going to do 36 cals on the bike or the ski erg anytime I need a break from the bell. So um, I just made it up. I'm excited. So that's what I'll be doing the day you are hearing this, which is June 19th. Anyway, and I want to dive in. Uh, today's another quick show. I, um, I had another question this week that I wanted to um, address, and that is how to increase mileage without getting injured because... I'm writing a lot of marathon training programs right now, a lot of obstacle race training programs right now. A lot of people are starting to get out there again and start running, especially on the road. And yeah, it's not easy. I mean, 82% of people that take up running, according to, um, and I'm going to totally butcher his name. I got to get this guy on the show. He wrote a book called Anatomy for Runners. I've talked about it on the podcast before. His name's Jay Dickery, Dickery, Strawberry Dickery. But um, he reports in that book that 82% of people that take up running get hurt. And the more startling fact is that 50% of those injuries become recurring for that person. So that's a whole lot of injuries. That would be like, imagine if like car accidents were were that high or concussions in football. I think, I don't have the stat in front of me. I've talked about it on this show before, but it's something like 11% of NFL athletes get concussions, right? Or at least reported concussions. We know that whole thing. Um, I've got a great show coming up in a few weeks on concussion and brain health that you guys are going to dig if you're into that. But basically 82% of people getting hurt running is probably a more, that makes it probably the most risky sport we can do if, if injury that causes you to miss a day of your workout or work in general um, is the definition of um uh, risky. So yeah, that's a pretty startling fact. So how the heck do we increase mileage uh, without that? And just before I dive into my answer, I wanted to tell you guys that because it's my birthday, that's why I know it's also Father's Day weekend because it's almost always right smack dab on my birthday or the next day, etc. And there is no better way. If you're on my email list, I sent out a Father's Day prep guide or how to biohack your dad And that was a really cool list. Um, If you saw it, basically I threw together kind of the things that I have in my house that I use all the time that if I were a dad without any of these things, then I would feel an improved sense of well-being and happiness if my family, my loved ones were to provide them for me. So I put them all in an email and the cornerstone guys of my sort of 
fatherhood man town whatever is my traeger grill and right now uh traeger grills is having an awesome father's day sale they're putting like a bundle together with um so with your grill you're going to get like the spices you're going to get the the pellets you're going to get some tools maybe a grill cover uh it's really cool and these things don't go on sale that often because everybody wants them so why do they go on sale they can't even keep them in stock as it is because these things are the best you can grill you can braise you could smoke you can barbecue all on one machine you don't have to be the guy with the smoker sitting next to his grill your grill is all that you need it is so great guys it's got the built-in meat thermometer that connects with your phone so you can be in the house prepping something else or if you're me carrying your kid around and just look down check your phone check the temperature so you don't even have to go outside open that grill and check yourself. So super cool guys. So head on over to Traeger Grills. That's T-R-A-E-G-E-R-G-R-I-L-L-S.com slash stacked. So you're going to find some great deals, including 0% APR. If you need to finance your Traeger Grill, which is awesome, 0%, why not spread it across a few months if it's a, if it's a big purchase for you, which for most of us it is. So that's it guys. Now, uh, let us dive into this, uh, this running question here. How do I increase my mileage without getting injured? Well, if I were to give you, if somebody told me I had to answer this question in one sentence, I would say the root cause of most of those 82% uh, of runners getting injured, the root cause is very simply too much, too soon, too fast. Because, you know, most of us, we're not like the, you know, we're not running through the Copper Canyon barefoot five days a week, guys. We're wearing dress shoes, going to work what we used to. Um, maybe we're not getting our steps in. I think the bigger issue now is a lot of people are spending plenty of time barefoot or in socks, whatever. But their step counts are atrocious. Like, you know, I was talking to a client yesterday. He's like, my day yesterday was 50. I'm like, good God, get a dog. Get a dog that needs a lot of walks because we got to get those steps up. And and what what I explained to him was it's not even so much that um, you know your steps are low and that's not good for you, but if you're continuing to train, so if you've got kettlebells, you've got maybe a rowing machine, whatever, and in your daily life you're taking fifty or a hundred or even a thousand steps a day. But in that same day, you're doing some intense, heavy kettlebell work or super hard sprints. There's just too big of a gap between the lifestyle you're living and the demands of your exercise. And I first wrote about this like 10 years ago, that the greater the that gap, the greater the disparity between the demands of your life and the demands of your exercise, the greater your risk of injury, regardless of how much stretching and mobility and activation and all this crap you do. Because the body adapts to the demands that are imposed on it most. And if the chair is what you're doing most, if the kitchen, the fridge is what you're doing most, that's what your body's getting better at. That's why I say sitting is the new sport. Uh, for most of us, right? It's not its not the thing that we do in the garage for 45 minutes a day. It's the thing we do 8 to 10 to 12 to 14 hours a day. So most of these running injuries are just because we're taking that desk jockey body, we're taking that body that hasn't run in a year, and we're going to try to run five miles today. Or we're going to try to run eight-minute miles, seven-minute miles, whatever the number is, 10-minute miles. So too much, too soon, too fast is the problem for most of these injuries. And the other 
big piece of this is, of course, running form. That's the other piece that people are probably thinking. And that's why I would also say too fast, too soon, too much. Uh, because, well, if you start appropriately, if you start at the appropriate speed, which for most of us, if we are out of shape and we haven't been running, is probably like four miles an hour, you know, maybe a little bit faster. Um, it's really slow. And that type of thing, and of course, you guys know I love walking, which would actually, I would say, walk your, well, I'm going to get to that in a minute, but walk your uh, desired mileage. Make sure you can walk five miles without fatigue before you run it. Because if you're gonna if you're fatiguing when you're walking five miles, imagine you know when the demands are much greater. But um, when we when we adapt slowly, our body actually has an opportunity to understand the demands and create a response. So in other words, if we're in the right shoes and we're running at the right speed and we're breathing the right way and our all the stuff I'm going to get to in a minute, then our form can find itself. But if we take the desk jockey body or the couch body or the kettlebell swing body and we just start running as hard as we can because we want to get sweaty and sore and we want to feel like we did a workout, we might be running too fast for our body to understand and self-correct and your body might be doing what it needs to do to survive the event, to survive the outing, to survive the run. And so you're not uploading software that's supportive of your long-term objective, which is to stay injury-free, increase your miles, and hopefully run with some decent form. Instead, it's like, I got to do what I got to do to survive this 40 minutes. So when we run slowly and we walk before we run and we don't add too much too soon, too fast, our body has a much better opportunity to regulate breath, fuel utilization, and running form. But if I were to give you some tips outside of that, very holistic, very high level approach that I think would probably reduce injuries by quite a bit. Uh, here are the specifics. Number one, you got to roll your feet. You got to get some Runga mobility balls. You can find them at rungalife.com slash, I believe it's shop. Um, otherwise just click it from the top, get yourself some Runga mobility balls that comes with a manual that will teach you how to do this, but rolling your arches for at least five minutes a day per foot, uh, is going to keep your feet healthy. And that's why this podcast is called Stacked because I'm obsessed with the feet, the diaphragm and the core and the neck and the eyes. And that's the stack, the feet, the midsection, the torso, the diaphragm, the breath and the eyes and the neck. And if you get those three things fixed, everything in between fixes itself. That's my hypothesis. That's stacked. Okay. So the stack begins at the ground. And so when we roll our arches, we hit those hundred joints, muscles, ligaments, and tendons that we have in our feet. We have like a hundred plus. There's like 33 joints and a hundred muscles, ligaments, and tendons in those things. And those need daily attention. And if you're taking a hundred steps a day, a thousand steps a day, really anything less than a, a couple of thousand steps a day on the earth or on something that's a little bit, it's not just like pavement or hardwood or tile that doesn't really ask your feet to be dexterous or move at all. Um, you need this. So you got to give those, those hundred plus muscles, joints, ligaments, and tendons, some love every single day. And that keeps them alive because the way that the body works is you don't use it, you lose it. So if you don't use them, you lose them and you need them when you're running a hundred miles a week or 50 miles a week or 10 miles a week, whatever the number is, right? So you don't need them to stand around or sit around or sit at your computer. And if you don't need them then, and that's your sport, your body's going to downregulate. You're not going to be using them. You're not going to have that, that ability to access what you could when you were two months old or 10 months old or two years old. And then the, your body's going to need that support later. Otherwise, 
if you only have 10 muscles, joints, ligaments, and tendons instead of 100, you're getting one-tenth the input into, guess what, the next joint, which is the knee. And then the knee does what it can with one-tenth of the information it's supposed to have, and it sends that up to the hip. And then the hip gets you know, uh, even less good information, and then the hip, and then the back, and then the shoulders, and then the neck, and then the head, and pretty soon we're a bobblehead doll running down the street. So it starts at the feet. Number two, place your long runs at least five days apart because you want to ensure you're recovered and you want to reduce that wear and tear. Every exercise, I mean, just think about Arnold Schwarzenegger. What was he doing? He was trauma. He was causing trauma to the tissues. It was micro traumas. But when those micro traumas heal, they grow and they get stronger. Well, anytime you're sore, that's what's going on. Anytime you perform physical activity that that causes your muscles to get fatigued or produce lactic acid, whatever, you're breaking down the muscles. And so sometimes you're not that sore and sometimes you feel fine tomorrow and sometimes you got to push through the pain. But if you're new to this, long runs are creating a lot of those micro traumas. So span those long runs five days apart at least. I've talked about spreading them two weeks apart. Um, and in between, of course, doing intervals and all this other jazz. But we can get to that at another time. But spread the long run about five days apart because that's the most wear and tear on the body. Number three, walk your mileage first. Uh, if your lower limbs, again, are going to get tired from walking the distance you're expecting your body to run, they're going to get destroyed when you go run it because every step is two and a half up to 10 times your body weight if you're running down a hill, right? So walk your mileage first. And this is where I've said before you start running, walk 10,000 steps a day for 30 days and then start jogging because that's, if you really are patient, thoughtful, and you really don't want to get hurt in the future, that's probably the best recommendation I could give you. You know, the marathon, put it seven months out, year out, six months out at least, and walk for a month first and you'll be blown away. I have an article on this on my website we can link to in the show notes called Injury Free and Fit as Hell. It's about when I ran a 35-mile obstacle race. And my primary training program was 20,000 steps a day walking because I was like, nobody runs an ultra. All right. Walk your mileage first. That's massively important. Uh, number four, nose breathe. Uh, when we nose breathe, we automatically keep our speed and our intensity at that sustainable aerobic pace. Um, when you, you know, a lot of people are heart rate monitors and all this jazz, but if you are, if you are nose breathing, you know you're in the proper heart rate zone because guess what? It keeps you there. You can't go above a certain mark. And that mark, when you shift from aerobic to anaerobic or a mix of the two, is when you, yeah, you begin mouth breathing. And that's when you begin to produce more lactic acid, which means more muscular fatigue, more acidity, more muscle cramps, more demand, and more risk of overuse and injury. So stay, keep it in the nose. And of course, there's so much more. In fact, uh, Number five on my list here is to keep your eyes on the road ahead and your chin slightly tucked because your head position is just as important as your foot position and nose breathing. This is why uh, I started having athletes run with their mouths full of water, not because I wanted them to nose breathe. Yeah, that was a good benefit, but I did it because I want their head to stay tight. I want their head to stay on straight. And when your mouth's full of water, you don't get the bobblehead because the bobblehead trickles down. Just like the dysfunctional feet trickle up, the bobblehead trickles down. And so then all of a sudden our shoulders are getting sore after runs and all this other stuff. So nose breathe and keep your eyes on the road ahead. So don't have them right down, you know, two, two feet in front of your feet. Have them 
three meters in front of you. And so your eyes and your head and your chin is slightly tucked and your nose breathing. So now you're sending a good signal from the top down. And because you've taken care of your feet and you're wearing the right shoes, you're sending a good signal from the ground up. And then hopefully maybe you've done some like breathe better, move better. Or that's my free ebook you could download on the Rungle website. Maybe you've done that too. So you're getting that midsection, that diaphragm all set too. So that is the that is the key to running form. And when you do those things, uh, a lot of times that foot strike, that, that midfoot strike, whatever, uh, tends to happen on its own when you fix the stack, as opposed to what most people do, which is not fix the stack and just try to intentionally have their foot hit the ground in a certain way. And guess what? Just like the dysfunctional one-tenth stimulus, one-tenth information from the dysfunctional feet, when you do it on purpose and you don't fix the angles and the stack, then you're basically doing the right thing at the ground, but the upper body's not prepared for it because we don't have the neck, we don't have the eyes, we don't we have the bobblehead, we don't have the diaphragm, etc. So you need everything. And the the chin tuck, nose breathing, eyes forward thing, I would say is probably gonna give you what you want without thinking about it, which is my favorite kind of win. All right. Uh, number six is keep your glutes strong. Um, glutes are, are big time. They keep that knee from caving in, especially in female athletes, that Q angle, that valgus. Weak runners' butts uh, lead to more compensations everywhere else because, again, two and a half times your body weight with every step as you're running, that's going into the lower body. The glutes are the primary stabilizer and the prime mover of the the entire body, really. It's the strongest, biggest, most muscular part of the body. And so when those things are weak, we end up pushing stress and ground reaction force and stability into other areas. And that's when we get tight backs or knee valgus, knees caving in, knee pain, patella issues, IT band problems. So keep your glutes strong. And the best way to do that, you know it, kettlebell swings, for sure. Kettlebell swings are the way to do it. Um, they are the best. And of course you could do, uh, some other stuff I do with runners would be like rear foot elevated split squats would be glute bridges. We've got the Brett Contreras glute thrust thing, uh, here in this house and, and Amelia and I both do like rear foot elevated split squats in the morning just to kind of open up the hips and then some banded glute thrusts, uh, which are amazing. And they're amazing pre-work for kettlebell swings because your glutes are just on and that machine actually that he sells his website's uh, bc strength um i don't have a discount code or anything this is not a plug but it's a game changer for runners because you can just get that symmetry with the rear foot elevated split squats and then you can also get the hip extension and the glute stuff with the banded glute bridge um number seven keep your core strong too you need a daily movement practice, as I was saying, that focuses on symmetry of the body. This could mean that rear foot elevated split squat thing, but it could also mean a power yoga flow where you're doing a lot of like warriors and warrior twos and, and different things like that that focus on symmetry and stability. Uh, you could just throw in Stu McGill's top three, big three exercises like side planks and bird dogs uh, that keep the body symmetrically strong and stable. And of course, you could throw in my favorite things, which would be strengthening core exercises like the get up, like death by carries or one arm kettlebell carries. And of course, renegade rows are also really great. Renegade rows are basically the get up for people with knee pain that can't do the get up because of the knee, you know, when it comes down and you put all your weight on it, um, which is a lot of runners. So uh, renegade rows are a cool alternative uh, for get ups if you are injured. So 
That's the seven, guys. That's like the big seven ways that you can increase your mileage without getting injured. And I wish you the very best because it's a hot summer already. It's down here in Texas. It's been like 100 for the last week and a half. And um, it's pretty warm. I got to get into the garage pretty darn early to train because it is. Uh, it gets real hot. But it's been really cool. It's been kind of good for my fitness, I think, because I walk the dog and I even walk my son. Amelia and I walk them like three or four times a day. And, you know, when it's 100 out, they're pretty short walks. But it's good. It's good for them to get used to the humidity a little bit in small doses and, and not just be stuck inside in the comfortable air conditioning all day. So, all right, guys. Well, hey, have a wonderful day. Don't forget to check check out Traeger Grills. Get your dad, your Father's Day special person a new Traeger Grill for their amazing backyard setup or whatever your unique situation might be. Uh, it has been something that has been just a mainstay in all of our homes. I had a Traeger in California when we moved to Europe. Uh, I ended up selling it off to a friend, went to Europe, got another Traeger grill, ended up giving it to uh, my in-laws there when we came home. We didn't know how long we were going to be in Europe for a while there. We were wondering if we were going to stay a lot longer. So um, my father-in-law got a, got a free Traeger. Um, and then, Hey, then we came back and guess what I did? I had to get another one. So take it from the guy that's got three Traeger grills in the last five years, uh, to his name. So, all right, guys, well, Hey, have a wonderful day, a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for wishing me a happy birthday. That means a lot to me. I appreciate it. I heard you. I heard you just think it. So thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. All I want for my birthday guys is for you to share this show around any runner, Anyone out there that needs this information that's setting out for that half marathon, that marathon, that obstacle race, and you want to keep them healthy, this is the show to do it. So share it with them. It's episode 136. That's coachjodi.com slash 136. Text that on along and thank you guys so much. And that's it for me, guys. Have a wonderful weekend if you're listening to this on Friday, and I will talk to you soon. Ciao. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's show. For the show notes for today's episode, head on over to coachjoedi.com and click podcast from the menu. If you'd like to leave a review, which I would absolutely appreciate on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you found this show, please do so. These mean the world to me. They help me understand what my audience is gaining from these shows that I'm pouring my heart into and ultimately helps us to reach more people because these platforms like shows that get reviews. So it helps us out so much. If you're digging the shows, this would be so great if you could just leave a review. Also, I still give away $150 every two weeks to kettlebellkings.com to somebody that reviews my show. So if you leave a review, just screenshot it and email it to hey at coachjodi.com and my team will enter you to win this $150 gift card so that you can outfit your home with a couple of kettlebells on me. Also, when you're in the show notes, you'll find links to any products that we discussed. For full transparency, some of these links do contain affiliate links. This helps me to fund these episodes, pay my staff, and ensure that I'm taking care of the people that take care of us. So I absolutely appreciate you clicking links and using codes. It helps keep this train on the tracks. All right, guys, until next week, thank you as always for listening. I really appreciate you guys subscribing and listening to this show every week. I really put a lot into them. So thank you so much. And you'll hear from me again next week.
Take care.